Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hour number two, Indiana Sports Talk. Network Indiana, thanks so much for joining us. Filling in for the Hall of Famer, Bob Lovell. I'm Derek Schultz. Eddie Garrison's got a marathon update coming for you. Five straight minutes of everything we got cooking on this summer Friday night in Indiana. Thank you, Derek. Pleasure to be with you here in downtown Indianapolis on what was a fantastic day. Not too hot, not too cold. Also cannot forget our fantastic producer, Kylan Talley, running the ship tonight. IHSAA season will come to an end tomorrow night. Baseball state finals today and tomorrow today. Class 2A, Ileana Christian, Covenant Christian has already gone and in the books. Here's the final out call. Here is the 0-2 from Corcoran. And for the second straight year, the Ileana Christian Vikings are baseball state champions in Class 2A as they knock off the Covenant Christian Warriors 3-0 at Victory Field in downtown Indianapolis. That was John Herrick on the IHSAA Champions Radio Network. Class 3A going on right now featuring Andrean, who was 28-6-1, entering tonight's game, and Silver Creek, who was 25-7. and Andrean won the state championship last year, and if they were winning today, it'd be their ninth state title, which would extend their record. Right now, it's in the top of the sixth inning. Andrean is at the dish. Runners on the corners with one out. They're trailing 3-1. to one. Major League Baseball, the St. Louis Cardinals, and the Chicago Cubs have both played today. The Cubs-Orioles game, that began at like 2.20 this afternoon, and the Cubs put up 10 runs in their win, 10-3 to over Baltimore. Six of those runs coming in the sixth inning, very similar to the game earlier in the week against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Kyle Hendricks picks up the win. He goes five innings and surrenders two runs. Chicago now 32-37. and The Orioles are 43 and 26. St. Louis Cardinals, they have struggled this year. They are now 27 and 42 after losing to the New York Mets in the Big Apple 6 to 1. Taylor McGill went six innings for the Mets. Miles Michaelis also went six innings and he matched the number of runs he gave up with the innings pitched. The Mets are now 32 and 36. Game two of the three game set is tomorrow evening. Going on right now at the end of the seventh inning. Cincinnati Reds have extended their lead from one to two over the Houston Astros, two to nothing. And how about Andrew Abbott? He's a rookie for the Cincinnati Reds. He went six innings, four hits is all he gave up, two walks, two strikeouts, zero runs. And in fact, he is the first pitcher in the modern era of Major League Baseball to begin his career with three straight scoreless innings of at least five innings pitched. Just absolutely Remarkable. The Reds are now in the top of the eighth, leading 2-0. to zero. Tyler Stevenson get the scoring started for Cincinnati with a solo homer in the top of the seventh inning. A win would mean they would win six consecutive games. Just getting underway in Arizona, they're in the top of the second inning, and the Diamondbacks are already on the scoreboard against the Cleveland 
Guardians. Christian Walker doubled that scored Cattell Marte in the bottom of the first. They're leading one to nothing with one of the best pitchers in baseball on the mound. And Zach Gallen, through the first inning, he gave up one hit and one strikeout. Cleveland has just registered their first hit. The Chicago White Sox and the Seattle Mariners coming up at 10-10. You can catch this game on Apple TV+. Plus. Chicago last night, they blew a 4 to nothing advantage over the L.A. Dodgers, and they lose in 11 innings, 5-4, to four, and they lost the three-game set to L.A. because of that. Tonight's game starts at 10-10 with Michael Kopech on the mound for the White Sox, and Brian Wu, a rookie right-hander for Seattle, will deliver the first pitch at 10-10. Minor League Baseball, Indianapolis Indians, Iowa Cubs are in the bottom of the eighth inning. Iowa Cubs currently leading the Tribe 2-1. to one. The Tribe just got on the board in the top half of the eighth inning. Let's see if they can make a run in the ninth. The Fort Wayne Tin Caps and the Dayton Dragons have combined to score 16 runs, and they're in the top of the ninth inning. It's all tied up at eight. It's been a pretty crazy scoreboard if you look at it. Two runs in the first, fourth, sixth, and seventh for the Tin Caps. They gave up four, three, and one in the third, fifth, and eighth against the Dragons. And the South Bend Cubs... They're in action, too. We'll get to that in the next scoreboard update. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Thanks, Eddie Garrison. Marathon update there. Five minutes. That's tough. Even with a full baseball scoreboard, a five-minute update is tough. Thanks to Kylan Talley as well running the board for us. Also want to give a shout-out to Nathaniel Finch. He is guy in training for tonight. Network Indiana and Indiana Sports Talk. Um, I remember being guy in training. That was... That was always fun, especially in restaurant work. Um, that's where I spent most of my my high school and college years was working in restaurants. And you were always training because they always wanted you to do other. I, I was I worked in the kitchen, so I always worked back of house. And they always wanted to train you on new stuff. So they, they'd start you somewhere. And then <laughs> once you figure that out and you felt comfortable with it, they'd, they'd put you somewhere else. So it was almost like being in this like never ending cycle of having no idea what you're doing over and over and over again. And I kind of look back on it and you would think that you'd have like a lot of bad memories of working in restaurants. I, I actually loved it. <laughs> I loved not knowing what I was doing because everybody else around me had no idea what they were doing either. And that was great. But uh met my wife at the, the Outback Steakhouse in Bloomington, Indiana. I was a, a line cook and she was a hostess, and she'd come back on the back line sometimes with, like, silverware or whatever else she had to get, and I would uh, throw croutons at her. So it's like being a five-year-old on the playground, and you're, you're, you know, kicking the person that you like. That's kind of what I did with my wife, except um, croutons. And then eventually, against her better judgment, she decided to marry me. So th- there's a love story right there. I promise I'll steer it back to sports talk here. Just talking in studio with, with Brendan King. He's going to call in a little bit later on in the show. He's on the call uh, tomorrow night for the IHSA State Baseball Finals from Victory Field. Uh, as Eddie mentioned, and Drain and Silver Creek going on right now in the 3A title game. Congrats to Ileana Christian. They are our first of four champions to be crowned at the Vic. They knock off Covenant Christian 3-0 to repeat as 2A state champion and wrap up their season at 25-9. and And then tomorrow, BK's got the call. Lafayette Central Catholic trying to keep their run going. They're the defending state champs. They've won nine baseball championships against the Vikings of Bar-Reeve, 29-3. What a season that they had. 
um, aiming for their first baseball state championship. That'll be the first game tomorrow in Class A. And then in 4A, the big boys, the big guns, uh, Penn taking on Center Grove. So another north-south battle there in 4A in baseball, just like it was in softball. Because you had Penn, who ended up winning 4A last weekend, taking on Ron Colley. And uh, and a great thrilling finish in that one for the the Kingsmen to knock off the Royals. Uh, we'll see if the same drama is on hand for CG and Penn coming up tomorrow. It's been an unbelievable season for the Trojans at twenty nine and three, and Penn's just a power uh, defending champions in four A and trying to make it a softball baseball sweep. So and that'll uh, that'll tie a bow on the IHSAA sports calendar for the year as baseball is always the last to go we had the indiana kentucky all-star game so a lot of the uh the graduated student athletes are already off to wherever they're heading off to next d3 d2 d1 naia wherever they happen to be going and before you know it uh coach will be back in this chair it'll be a, a friday night in august and we'll be talking about i don't know warren central and uh carmel uh, whatever. I, I haven't even looked at the football schedule. I know some of those games have been announced. I, I haven't even looked at it so far. But it always just comes bang, 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 right around the corner again um, where, you know, essentially the high school sports season is kind of like the NFL season that we were talking about where you've got about six weeks it's off. I mean, heck, four weeks from now is the IFCA uh, North-South All-Star game. So that i've always kind of viewed that as the official kickoff of the high school sports season because that's when you know that it's um that it's really coming because even before football you have uh girls volleyball and you've got some other things that are that are cooking fall sports wise that that start right away because geez the kids are back in school um last week of july and some of the townships and the donut counties and and some of the ips kids but I love how much football has grown. I, I just love I love the attention that we still – and if you're listening to this show, this is no secret to you, but I, I just love the attention that we pay here in this state and this area to high school sports because those athletes are deserving. Um, the competition level uh, basically through all sports is fantastic. Girls and boys, I know we're known for basketball here, but the football has gotten so much better in the 15, 16 years that I've been in Indianapolis – and shows like this don't exist everywhere. You know, they're not talking high school sports in my home state of Connecticut, I can tell you that. So a lot of fun to be um, be able to do this. Um, and, and not just me, but the rotating panel of hosts and then Coach Lovell to be able to do this for, God, 30 years uh, behind this microphone in Indiana Sports Talk. It's, it's an honor to be asked to come in here and sit in this chair when he's absent. We'll get back into the Colts discussion coming up here. Uh, also, Jimmy Cook. Going to join us 10-17. I'm not even going to look at the Yankees score. I'll tell you that much. Indiana Sports Talk. Network Indiana. Stick around. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update, I'm Eddie Garrison. Don't you worry, Derek Schultz. I've got your back. The final score from Boston. The Red Sox, 15. The New York Yankees, 5. You're welcome. Uh, in IHSA Baseball State Finals, Andran was able to get one run when they had runners on the corners at the top of the sixth inning with one out. So it's now 3-2, to two, but Silver Creek is threatening. They have a runner on second base with one out. They're in the bottom of the sixth inning. An insurance run would be big here for Silver Creek. Major League Baseball scores. Cincinnati Reds and the Houston Astros are on their way 
to the top of the ninth inning with Cincinnati leading two to nothing. Both of those runs came in the seventh inning. Tyler Stevenson with a solo homer, and then Kevin Newman doubled Will Benson in just later. Andrew Abbott, another sensational outing. Six innings pitched, no runs given up. His ERA through three strikes, and he's a bunch of donuts. 0.00. Fantastic start for the Reds rookie. The Minnesota Twins, Detroit Tigers, they're in the bottom of the eighth inning. This is in Minnesota. Six to one advantage still for Detroit. They put five runs up in the third and then a run up in the fourth inning. Neither team has scored since the top of the fourth inning. With the win, the Tigers have now won back-to-back games over the Twins, and they have won three consecutive games. That means they would be 29 and 39. Minnesota would be evened up at 500 at 35 and 35. They're on the top of the third now in Arizona, and the Diamondbacks add another run in the bottom of the second. It's down two to nothing. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Just spent the break searching the Urban One company handbook to file a formal complaint against Eddie Garrison for leading his update with that Yankees Red Sox score. So Eddie, that should be coming to your desk here pretty soon. Todd Meyer will take care of that. My immediate supervisor, and we'll make sure that a Red Sox Yankees score that has a 10 run differential in favor of Boston is never mentioned again on this program. When I fill in for Bob Lovell, it's Indiana sports talk here on network, Indiana. It's not new England sports talk. So you guys don't want to hear probably about it. And right. As I say that we're going to welcome on Jimmy cook, who is a, uh, a Yankee fan who probably didn't like Eddie's, uh, it's factual okay fine it's a score update you're supposed to give the score so eddie's just trying to do his job but um i I don't love his tone jimmy i I don't love the way that he stated it there 15 to 5 he he kind of drew the knife in deeper man so you're gonna file a complaint that's a third strike against eddie man that's uh, an end of an era (laughs) i mean because i i had to do it twice last time i was in for isd that same gleeful, just antagonistic tone on the scoreboard update. He'll claim it's just professionalism, but there's a clear knife that's just being turned every time. I'm right there with you. Yeah, enough of enough. Enough of us have suffered here at Urban One of, of Eddie's, you know, recklessness when it comes to that and maliciousness. So, yeah, let's let's get this taken care of. Uh, I wanted to talk to you, not to twist the knife even more, um, it was a fabulous season for Ron Colley, right? Um, and reaching another state final and having a chance to, to get another state championship. Obviously, it did not end the way that they wanted it to go, but I, I was interested because Penn Baseball uh, tomorrow is going to have a chance to do the baseball softball sweep against another South Side team in, in Center Grove. Um, y- your prevailing thoughts on what was a uh, a fantastic year for a, a fantastic program down there on the South Side in Ron Colley? Whenever you think initially about Ron Colley, at least for me growing up there, I went to grade school, a stone's throw from Ron Colley at St. Jude. The football program has always been the dominant factor. You think about all the state titles they made. Capture on the gridiron, and that's usually what's the first thing to come to mind. Um, but ever since David Lauk has arrived at Ron Colley, they have been in the conversation to be a threat in softball, and that has been amplified by this outgoing senior class led by ace pitcher Keegan Rothrock, who is headed to Florida this coming fall where she'll continue her playing careers, as well as Lila Blackwell, who's headed to Virginia Tech to continue her playing careers. Uh, I mean, to win two state titles in three years is an achievement in and of itself. Um, all the credit in the world to Penn. I mean, that, to be able to go up against what has been a relatively offensive juggernaut, even with Keegan's dominance, and hold them to one run 
uh, is is insane. I mean, it's not something I anticipated coming in. So all the credit in the world to Penn, but for Ron Colley and to kind of put a bow on it, I mean, those girls just fought hard and, and dominated for the better part of three seasons. And while it's a bitter ending to see it come up short that way and be so stifled after being so dominant, I mean, I hope they look back on it and realize that they were probably the most accomplished group of seniors to ever come through the halls of Ron Colley, maybe in any sport. And that's saying something considering how dominant, particularly in the 2000s, Ron Colley football was. Yeah, and you mentioned that 2000s team. The, the name that jumps out to me there was was Jason Werner, uh, mm-hmm. just an unbelievable player oh, yeah. and, and an icon. And, you know, Keegan Rothrock, it, it, she's right there, right, Jimmy? is somebody that comes along really only once every 20, 30 years for a, a high school program like that. Yeah, I mean it's 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 hard to put it into context because there are certain programs around the state like Roncalli is not just isolated in a bubble. There's programs all over the state where generational talents arrive. And for some schools it, it happens more often than others, but at a program like Roncalli, you're exactly right, Derek. It's 25, 30 years where you're able to get somebody as athletic as that. Now Roncalli has had a handful of names in different sports where they've been fortunate enough to have careers that have gone on beyond just the high school level. Uh, you know, Paul Casaro is another name, now the head coach at U Indy, who was able to continue his basketball year uh, collegiately. Pat Coons played at Notre Dame um, and is now a, a, a football coach in his own right in the collegiate ranks. Bridget Perry over with your now Purdue Boilermakers was able to play at the next level collegiately. And, and now Keegan Rothrock is in that next vein of just athletes that are able to dominate their sport at the high school level in such a way. And she was able to do it both ends of the playing field, whether it was with the bat as a career home run leader there, or as a pitcher strikeout leader as well. And yeah, that's just not something that you're ever going to see again on the South side of Indianapolis. You just won't. We were just talking about how you blink twice. And before you know it, football season will be here. And you mentioned the fact that Ron Colley, you know, maybe known for that more than anything. And they're coming off uh, a, a really great debut season for Eric Quintana. Uh, got all the way to semi-state, a heartbreaking loss to, to East Central, but a 12-2 and campaign. And that's coming off uh, an undefeated regular season in 21 and uh, a state championship in, in 2020. Um, in your opinion, where is the program right now? It, it feels like, you know, they kind of went through it there in, in the late Cypher's years and then obviously the coaching turnover we've seen in the past couple of years, but it, it feels like the Royals are back to being what we were used to them being. They've been able to reestablish themselves in a lot of different ways. Uh, I think back a lot to that last crowning achievement for Coach Cypher's when they were able to go – capture it in 2016 and that state title was kind of coming out of nowhere and then just the, the the continuity they've had even though they've had coaching changes to be able to still have consistency within the staff from from the top down even though there's been head coaching changes over the last couple of years and looking at where they're at right now with coach Quintana and his ability to come in right away and to come in from a, a rival school in that regard is, is his ranks was of the Chittard heritage and to be able to immediately establish his roots and, and not only be able to do that, but cultivate a locker room that had a lot of seniors at key positions last year and guide them still through to keep them focused on an objective. That's why I admire so much 
high school coaches because we joke all the time at the college ranks how tough it is to be able to get the attention spans of 18 to 22 year olds locked in but you subtract four years with that and going with 14 15 16 17 year olds as a first year coach to be able to make a journey to semi-state it speaks for itself it speaks volumes for the health the program is and while there will be the likes of Trevor Lauk, who's headed to Iowa to be able to replace senior leadership like that, will be tough. Yeah, it's a bright future right now with Coach Quintana at Ron Colley. I think it's been cool to see your growth that you know as a young broadcaster you've done a lot of different things uh indiana srn the nba summer league uh obviously what you've done show hosting wise 93.5 and, and 107.5 the fan but you know taking over for a guy like rob brown who's universally respected here in the state and, and a great dude but you, you talk about the passion you know you're a south sider st jude ron Colley, uh this was where you first cut your teeth as a high school broadcaster i remember you on, on doing color on games i was like who's that energetic 50 year old kid <laughs> you know that he, he's really good he's going crazy he's really into it um what's this year or so however long it's been jimmy because I, I know it's been just a matter of months here um on the ron Colley radio network and, and putting your voice to something that you've been so passionate about for your whole life well i mean you you mentioned rob and i i would obviously never miss an opportunity to give him his flowers whenever i can i mean he, he taught me everything that i know in terms of being a play-by-play broadcaster the amount of work that it takes the grind that is trying to make it within this profession. It is, it is very rare that you see overnight success within this industry. It takes time, it takes dedication, and it takes just laser sharp focus. And to be able to get an opportunity to go back home and to do it where I, I got my first start, like, yeah, it was daunting at times because Rob was able to make such an impact both on that community, but also on the student body that wanted to, do what I'm still pursuing, which is to be able to succeed in this industry. So that was the most rewarding thing just to season in is to be able to help younger broadcasters that are on the same path I was when I was their age. But to be able to be a team voice has always been my dream. And a lot of what I've done to this point has been neutral broadcast. It's either been for a network, uh, doing stuff for summer league, some of the AAU stuff I've done, None of it's been team-voiced where I can really get that same 15-year-old energetic enthusiasm that I had as a kid. And to be able to do it to a place that I went, it's been really special. And the fact the on-field product was able to be at such a high level is a credit to those student-athletes for making it much easier on me on a nightly basis. I don't mean to subject you to an Eddie Garrison update here, especially with pending workplace uh, complaints on Eddie. But if you can hang through to the update, Jimmy, we can talk some Colts when we get back here on Indiana Sports Talk, if that's okay with you. Happy to do it, Derek. Stick around here on Network Indiana. More with Jimmy Cook next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. With this Indiana Sports Stock scoreboard update, I'm Eddie Garrison. Let's highlight some minor league baseball scores. Cedar Rapids Colonels, South Bend Cubs. And the Cedar Rapids Colonels win again. They've won every game so far since the series started on Tuesday. Today's final, 3-1. to one. The only run South Bend scored was in the top of the third. Other than that, they were not unable to string some hits together and uh, 
execute with runners in scoring position. South Bend Cubs are now 28 and 32. The Cedar Rapids Colonels are 36 and 25. The final score of that Dayton Dragons Fort Wayne Tin Caps game I was talking about earlier in was 8 to 8. Going into the ninth inning, final score 11-8, and the Tin Cats were on the wrong side of the scoreboard And this one today. They gave up three runs in the top of the ninth inning after giving up a run in the top of the eighth. So they were leading 8-7 before the final two frames. However, no offense able to come up big when they needed it to. 11-8 final score. The Tin Caps are now 29-31. and The Dayton Dragons are even at 500 through 60 games at 30 wins and 30 losses. The Iowa Cubs, South Bend, uh, the Iowa Cubs, the Indianapolis Indians continued their series. This is in Iowa with the IHSA Baseball State Finals going on. The Iowa Cubs win 2-1. to The only run scored for the Tribe came in the eighth inning other than that. Offense is really slow. Pitching staff, though, did a solid job. They only give up four total hits. However, offense not able to, to do enough as they lose 2-1. to one. They're now 29-36. and 36. The Iowa Cubs improved to 37-28. and 28. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, Indiana Sports Talk Network Indiana. Derek Schultz, Jimmy Cook joins us as well. They need to idiot-proof these studios because I tried to pick up the headset to talk to jimmy during the commercial break and i'm pressing the buttons and i don't know if i broke something or <laughs> I, de- I definitely didn't talk to jimmy he joins us now on the line again I- is there something that i need to do in here jimmy because you always pick up the headset and talk to me like when when i'm the guest on your show when i'm in break here did i do something wrong i mean so there's a corresponding list of numbers on that phone it's an old old like office phone for those that are listening at home trying to figure it's out like a 12 line it, phone yeah it's yeah, crazy if you, if you don't know what that is because you're too young then i can't help you but <laughs> if you know what we're talking about there's also a bunch of numbers one through 12 and then to the left there's black buttons corresponding that you can press once you pick up the phone so if the 12 is my line you would click the button next to it not the button with the number 12 on it and then you should ah, be able to talk to me okay well, I know that, I guess. Reference. There you go. Now you can talk to Brendan later in the show. There we go. Yeah, so I, at least I know that for next time. <laughs> Let's get to far more pressing matters than the office phones here at the flagship. Um, Colts minicamp. It's June. We need something to talk about. I mean, Anthony Richardson's up and down. He's 21 years old. This is his first professional experience of any kind. Am I right in saying, Jimmy, that, you know, of course he's up and down. Like, why am I losing sleep over that? No no one should lose sleep over it. It's going to require a lot of patience here for him to kind of grow and develop and really learn how to play quarterback. If you're losing sleep over this, not you, but the general public, the general Colts fan, if you're losing sleep over ups and downs, you've lost the plot of where the Colts are right now. You just have. They, they are not what even you were sold that they were three years ago, which is a team with any legitimate shot this season of winning something of substance. By substance, by the way, my barometer is making it to a Super Bowl. It's not winning an AFC South title, which would be celebrated, no doubt, within the city because it's been quite some time since even that has been hoisted into the rafters of Lucas Oil Stadium. That being said your mindset to ease yourself should be the development of this young quarterback. And I get it. It is very hard on June 16th, June 15th, yesterday, to be able to get any true evaluation within these mini camps when only, like, what, seven days have been really accessible to the media since this kid got drafted. You're not going to really find any true piece of the puzzle until training camp. And even then, 
That's like the first day at school in regards to what you're really going to learn about him. A true evaluation of if he's sharp, is he picking up on things, really isn't going to happen until his first meaningful minutes of the preseason and beyond. Yeah, franchise quarterback for me is is kind of the same thing where you, you want to set the bar at make eventually make the Super Bowl um, and, and hopefully actually win the Super Bowl. But I, I just feel like we're, we're kind of far off from having that discussion. It's just going to take a little bit of time. Like, Jimmy, I don't think the Colts are going to be like a four-win team. Or I actually think the Colts are going to be better than people think. But for them to get to, like, contention and all of that, I, I think we're pretty far away from, from that occurring. But I, I do think that there is there's something to be said about them doing this the right way, right? Where it's not a Band-Aid anymore. It's not a quick fix. Hey, let's invest and, and let's kind of build this along and build this core of players together and, and take it step by step instead of looking for the, the quick fix. You're exactly right. I've lived the life that Colts fans are living. People give me jokes all the time about being a Chiefs fan and, oh, things are so good for you now. And look, my entire childhood was built on a laundry list of quarterbacks. All I have to say is Matt Castle, and you get where I'm coming from. I'm not going to waste huh. the segment by doing that. But my point is that there is a level now of it's no longer a Band-Aid here, like you mentioned. It is planning two, three, four years down the line for – what the development of who you hope your franchise quarterback is will eventually turn into. And I get it, right? Like everybody wants to be able to look at things going into a season with hope and optimism and an ability to look forward to your Sundays instead of dreading them like Colts fans were at the back end of whatever the heck it was we just watched last year. I totally get that. But your takeaways of the Colts fan this season – need to be much like what Pacers fans had last year, which means even if, because you're right, I think the Colts could hit their over of six and a half wins because of how atrocious their schedule is. Even if they come out of the gate 5-0 and and they miss the playoffs, just for the sake of argument, let's say that happened, shouldn't matter to you if you're a Colts fan. What should matter is win, lose. At the end of the season, you want a similar feeling that Pacers fans have right now which is that number five can play. He can roll. This kid's special. I see what the Colts are trying to build right now. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Winning is the goal, but what matters more because you're not winning a Super Bowl next year is seeing the development, which is the feeling the Pacers have right now. Final thing here, Jimmy, before I cut you loose, uh, and this is going to be a storyline that's going to continue and probably dominate training camp. Uh, yay or nay on the Jonathan Taylor extension? It all depends for me the years. If they paid him three years and made him the highest annual salary of any running back of all time, wouldn't care. That's fine. If it's four or five seasons – for a running back that by the end of it is going to be approaching 30. And in today's NFL, that does not work. I can't sign on on it. I, I would tag him. I would play that game. And eventually, if it came down to it, let him walk. Once you've exercised your tag, you can do it like three times, but it increases by a percentage every year. But no, I can't do a long-term four to five year deal. Look at any running back the last 10 years and tell me where that's worked out for a team. 14 Super Bowl winners, of those 14 Super Bowl winners, the running back that led the team made no more than $2.5 million. It's not a recipe for success long-term. It's just not. Yeah, running backs are great until they're not. 
<laughs> you know, there, there's there's no exactly. like gradual decline. It's just they're great one day and then you wake up the next day and they're they're not great anymore. So I, I, I agree with you. I think years are the key. At VJ Cook on Twitter, obviously on this show and on the flagship here, 935-1075, the fan. You hear his voice a lot. Thanks so much, Jimmy. Hopefully a, a better result in Fenway tomorrow night for our Bronx Bombers. Clark Schmidt on the rap, on the mound. What could go wrong? Here we go. Series win right around the corner. <laughs> Thanks, my man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Derek. Appreciate <laughs> That's Jimmy Cook. Let's transition to Howard Kelman. He is the longtime voice of the Indianapolis Indians. Unfortunately, another loss for the Tribe tonight as they fall in Iowa 2-1. to one. And that's kind of the frustrating thing, Howard, about when you, when you get into a rut like it, it looks like the, the Indians have been in in the past week or so where you're giving up a lot of runs and then you finally get a, a really nice pitching performance in Cam Aldred going six innings and scattering two runs, only giving up four hits, but then it's the offense that kind of lets you down and only able to muster that one run in, in another loss to the Cubs. Well, you're right, Derek, but here in the ninth inning, they got a leadoff double from Cal Mitchell, then another base hit. They had men at first and third, nobody out, down two to one. In that situation, you just want to put the ball in play and get that tying run in. The one thing you don't want is a strikeout, because then you get set up for a double play. Aaron Shackelford struck out. Ryan Vallee grounded into a double play, and they didn't even get the tying running. The strikeout, you know, we've seen those obviously rocket over the past couple of years, and, and baseball has become more into the, the true outcomes, right? Home runs, strikeouts, um, when it comes to that. Uh, you're a, a, a baseball purist, I, I believe, Howard, just from knowing you all these years. Does the, the rate, the strikeout rate of uh, not only in the minors, but in Major League Baseball as well, is it troubling to you at all to see those rates spike a bit? Yes. Uh, there also are too many walks being issued in addition to too many strikeouts. And there used to be a stigma about striking out. Jody Davis, who played with the Chicago Cubs and managed Louisville, said to me, we used to say to ourselves, we're not going to strike out 100 times in a season. We're not going to let that happen. There was a stigma. You got the bat on the ball. You made productive outs. Some hitters now have the approach of all or nothing. And that's what happens. Some are uppercutting. Now, it's one thing to strike out against great pitching, but it's another thing to strike out against mediocre pitching, and that happens too. So I don't get excited anymore when I hear a guy has struck out 11 batters in nine innings. It doesn't do anything because guys strike out a lot. Yeah, a lot of strikeouts. That's what we're seeing now and a lot of walks. But Indians just hoping to get back into the win column again as they take on Iowa once again tomorrow night. Always great to hear your voice, Howard. Thanks so much for calling into Indiana Sports Talk. Derek, as always, thank you very much. It's our friend Howard Kelman. Back with more next here on Network Indiana. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update. I'm Eddie Garrison. We're halfway done with the baseball season. Two more classes to go in terms of reigning or 
classifying who state champions are. Tomorrow, Class 1A state championship. That'll be at 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central between Lafayette Central Catholic and Bar Reeve, who has been sensational this year. They are 29-3. and Class 4A state championship game. Expected first pitch time of 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. That'll feature the Penn and Center Grove. Center Grove, 29-3. Penn is 26-8. The first game on today's schedule was Ileana Christian and Covenant Christian. And here is how the final out of the game sounded on the IHSAA Champions Radio Network. Here is the 0-2 from Corcoran. And for the second straight year, the Ileana Christian Vikings are baseball state champions in Class 2A as they knock off the Covenant Christian Warriors 3-0 at Victory Field in downtown Indianapolis. John Herrick on the call on the IHSA Champions Radio Network and just going final moments ago, Silver Creek and Andrean. Put in play, over to short, Burton picks it up, and he throws to second to get the final out of the game. And for the first time in school history, the Silver Creek Dragons have won a baseball state championship. And they send their head coach, Joe Decker, into retirement with a title. And nonetheless, they prevent Andrian from going back-to-back. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. How about that? Congrats to Joe Decker. And the Dragons of Silver Creek. I think the ultimate thing for anyone when it comes to being a student athlete your senior year, being a head coach your final season, to say that your final game was a state championship winning game. And pretty cool for Joe Decker. 29 years as a head baseball coach here in the great state of Indiana. 21 of them spent at Silver Creek. And they had knocked on the door before. A couple of semi-state crowns. Uh, They'd won a bunch of sectional championships. They'd been in regionals and and won. But Silver Creek had never broken through and won that state title until tonight. And Joe Decker in his final season, a season that his players in a great show of respect and appreciation and reveals the impact that he's had on each of their lives dedicated to him, Uh, A very emotional Joe Decker uh, celebrating with his team at Victory Field just moments ago as Silver Creek knocked off Andre in 4-2. Great job by John Herrick on the radio call. Uh, You heard that on the flagship here at Network Indiana, 93.5-1075 The Fan. You also heard uh, No Stranger to this show, No Stranger to Indiana High School Sports. Greg Rakestraw on the television call of that one as Silver Creek knocked off Andre. And so our baseball state finals halfway done. Uh, Ileana Christian, the 2A winner tonight, 3-0 over Covenant Christian and Silver Creek 4-2 over Andrean. So 2A and 3A are in the books. Tomorrow it's A and 4A in day two of the IHSAA State Baseball Finals from downtown Indianapolis as Lafayette Central Catholic takes on Bar Reeve and A, uh, LCC, uh, watching what happened tonight to Andrean and themselves, ooh, we got to be real careful against a very, very good Bar Reeve team because LCC, kind of like Andrean, they come in with the pedigree, right? Eight-time state champion, defending state champion, trying to extend that. And here comes Silver Creek to win their state title, and here comes Bar Reeve aiming for their first baseball title. Should be a great one in the Class A game between the Knights and the Vikings. And then in 4A, it's Penn trying to complete a baseball-softball sweep the girls 
stunned Ron Colley last week to win the 4A state crown. They're first since 1999. They're going to try to make it a sweep against another Southside foe, this time Center Grove, who is also, like Bar Reeve, 29-3. What a season for the Trojans. And I noticed that a lot of the indie TV stations did stories on Center Grove's march to the state title game because it's a, a fantastic story what the Trojans have done so far this year, winning 29 of 32 games and making their first ever state championship appearance. So Penn and Center Grove will round us out not only on the IHSAA baseball season, but really on the IHSAA sports calendar, period. Because after that, nada for the next couple of weeks. IFCA North-South All-Star Game in football, and then the fall sports calendar starts middle of August. So essentially two months from now, we'll have the 23-24. Sounds weird to say, doesn't it? 23-24 IHSAA high school sports season will embark and be upon us, and and that'll be a lot of fun. I I remember the one thing in sports that gets announced like way in advance I feel like it's college football scheduling. And I remember this was in like 2000 and it had to have been 2007 or 2008. It was a long time ago. And Notre Dame announced a home and home series with Texas. And now I'm trying to remember what years those were. I think it was in 2015 and 2016. 2015, Notre Dame hosted them. And then 2016, they went to Texas and they had that great Labor Day game. If you guys remember that, it was actually, at, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Sam Ellinger and uh, Deshaun Kaiser for Notre Dame. And it was a game that went into multiple overtimes at Texas won. But anyway, I remember 2007 and 2008, they announced, yeah, like Notre Dame and Texas are going to play each other. In 2016, I'm like, 2016, what? Feels so far away. Seven years ago. We're all getting old. Indiana Sports Talk Network, Indiana. Plenty more to get to. More Colts talk coming up in hour number three as well. Stick around. Welcome back. Final time, hour number two of Indiana Sports Talk here on Network Indiana. Thanks so much for joining us. Eddie Garrison is at the update desk. Handling that well, as he always does, even if he decides to be snarky and mean to me all night, that's fine. Kylan Talley's very nice to me. She has not brought up the Yankees Red Sox score. She is on the board tonight, and Nathaniel Finch is training. So three-person crew here on IST, and we appreciate all their contributions to this show. Thanks so much for tuning in as well, wherever you are. If you're in Bluffton or Plymouth or God knows where else in this great state of Indiana, thanks for making us a part of your Friday night. Just running down some of the headlines here before we get into hour number three in the final hour of this show um as i'd mentioned night one of the ihsaa state baseball finals iliana christian silver creek winners tomorrow uh a and 4a lcc bar reeve and penn and center grove as we decide the second half of the baseball state champions colts wrapped up mini camp this week they actually punted on their final day they made it a short practice on their final day so they are donezo for the next couple of weeks the next time that the indianapolis colts will be on a football field somewhere will be in westfield at grand park and it'll be training camp and the kids will be about back in school and summer will be over so i don't know that's something to be excited about not depressed about but something about training camp starting and summer being over that always you know takes a little bit off of it for me indiana fever have won back-to-back games for the first time since may of 2022 they're off tonight 
And tomorrow they have a Father's Day afternoon matinee against Atlanta at home. Feverbasketball.com for tickets there at 4 o'clock. Ladies worth supporting. They've been absolutely fantastic so far this year. And and really, look, they're 4-6. and It's going to take a minute. Um, This has been the worst franchise in the WNBA the last five or six seasons. So for them to be as competitive as they've been, to be as fun as they've been so far, it's been a breath of fresh air after uh, several years of um, the doldrums, really, for a once proud franchise who were used to cranking out playoff seasons and championship contention and all of that, and hopefully the Fever will eventually get back to that. But certainly they're back to at least an entertaining level now. And then Michael Jordan selling his ownership stake in the Hornets for $3 billion. Everything works out for MJ. Originally invested for $275 million in 2010. $3 billion buckaroos. And they suck the entire time. That's the beauty of sports ownership. You don't even, you never have to get good. It's just an appreciating asset. You buy it and you sit there and it can be terrible for years and years and years. And you know, 10 years from now, that thing's going to be worth like 10 times more than you bought it for. You know, this stuff about owners crying poor, about losing money. Oh my God, cry me a river. It is the easiest investment in sports, buying a pro sports team. Easiest thing ever. All of these guys make money. Once they sell, they make money. But Jordan, um, a, a disappointing end to a, a disappointing reign as an executive. I've got some thoughts on that that I'll say for the third hour. But we'll talk about that 11 o'clock hour here on Indiana Sports Talk, Network Indiana. Don't go anywhere.